0: Hello, and welcome to the BP Perry by Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insight and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing inclusive growth. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm delighted to be joined by Delphine Rio, ESG Analyst and Inclusive Growth Lead. Welcome, Delphine, and thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, Danielle, Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here and thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: I think inclusive growth fits broadly within ESG. And if we think about each of those letters, the E, the S and the G, at this point, we're reasonably familiar with what uh, the environment means from an investment perspective. We understand governance, whereas I think for a lot of people, the S uh, in ESG is perhaps still a bit amorphous uh, and a bit vague. So I'm hoping in our discussion today, you can help clarify kind of what S means and, and particularly how you go about thinking investing within that space. So let's start in with a bit of a definition. Uh, given that S in ESG is such a, a broad topic, uh, how do you think about it and what does that encompass for you uh, as an investor?
1: Yeah, sure. I have to admit that it may be difficult to, to bring it down to the grassroots, but because social anger is a very broad topic for corporate. Um, the theme is actually ranging from human capital management, um, employee to another rate, uh, to diversity program, more human rights in the supply chain, Oh, Affordable products and services uh, to even the preservation of uh, indigenous communities. Society is expecting from businesses and from corporations to lead the way to promote practices and uh, to reduce the environmental footprint. And the issue there is to research how deep management values are geared towards sustainability. And I would say another social social changes, which have been advised uh, after the COVID, is that society expects businesses to set the example to alleviate inequalities of all types. I would say that considering social angle will be uh, the way forward uh, for developing a stakeholder approach of investment, uh, employee-consumer society.
0: Well, that's definitely helpful to define, I guess, all the things that the S can encompass and certainly important to structure that a bit. Next question, perhaps, would be why does it matter then to investors? Are they thinking about uh, the economic angle, the impact that their investments uh, can have, uh, improvement of society and so on? So how do you present it in terms of the interest and the relevance that this
1: has for investors? If I go back to, to what I just mentioned about the stakeholder philosophy, I would say that from a business perspective, when a company delivers a vision of stakeholder approach, the company is going to foster a stronger cohesion between business and stakeholders. Okay, And this cohesion between the business and stakeholders This will help eventually the company to adapt in crisis. We know that we face right now critical crisis, geopolitical crisis, pandemic crisis, climate change crisis. And on the top of that company, they have to adapt to constant, ever-changing technical development. One example of enabling greater resilience and therefore, I would say financial returns, is to say that when a company develops employee skills, then a company is going to enhance innovation. Another argument would be about the, um, about the benefit of taking into account social consideration in investment. They are the results of the academic studies, which are concluding that there are better long-term returns for companies that promote diversity at management level. And the last point, but not the least, is about the value for investors by doing good in the community.
0: So we talked about at the beginning uh, about how some of these concepts can seem vague and and amorphous initially, but ultimately you need to make decisions on, on what companies to invest in. So you need to have metrics. So I'm curious... What are the things that you measure and how do you go about evaluating to what degree a a company uh, aligns with the objectives that you have?
1: So to give you a small idea of what we look at in terms of metrics, for instance, we will look at the proportion of temporary workers. And so we will um, determine threshold of what is a good performance and what is a bad performance. We will look at how many workers are and a world in collective bargaining agreement. We will look at the turnover, for instance. So these are you know, some examples about um, for the employee category. Employee category is it will be within the company, but it will be also in the supply chain. And we will also look at the metrics regarding the social standards in the supply chain.
0: Well, the first step then seems to be determining what you want to measure. Uh, but then I would imagine getting the data to then make that measurement is, is challenging in and of itself. And it's quite simple for me to get the uh, income statement for a company or the price or the assets. But if you want to know uh, board composition or uh, percentage of employees that have union agreements and so on, I imagine that's, that's a challenge. So how do you go about sourcing the data and what are some of the challenges you face?
1: So to be able to to have the the most exhaustive uh, set of data, you literally have to shop around the diverse set of the data from diverse providers. There is no one-stop shop, unfortunately. So the challenge, therefore, is then to standardize the data coming from different providers. Okay, and so ESV scoring model that BNP PAM Asset Management has developed is designed to enable this standardization across different types of data. So this is very innovative. So there are some challenges, but we have designed a model that helps us to solve this challenge. Then there are some metrics for which there is no data. In Europe, for instance, it's not legal to report on minorities. Um, so what we do is, that we put for Europe, you, we put an emphasis on gender diversity, and we put it. I mean, we we check and we research around gender diversity across different level of management, because we think it's a positive signal as a, um, a broad and broad diversity program.
0: I think when it comes to the point of determining, you know, how you're going to go about making these investments, there's two things that you could look at. One, uh, what the company produces, for example, if it's a renewable energy company or something like that. Uh, But I imagine you could also look at how the company operates, how it treats its employees, for example. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about implementing uh, these types of strategies and the things that you think about and and what BNP PAM has determined to do?
1: Yes, actually, you're totally right. The social thematic space is really divided into two categories. The first one would be, as you say, product and services, Uh, we call it the solution provider. And so here the strategy would be to pick companies that sells products and services, uh, which are dedicated to underserved population or as an access to primary good or with a focus to improve lives. And so here we will look at uh, the percentage of the turnover, which is dedicated to this different type of angle. So this is the solution provider. And on the other side, you have the practices. And the practices will refer to all the company operates and all the company interact with all the stakeholders like employees, consumer and society. And here, for instance, we will look at, as I said previously, the percentage of temporary worker. We will look at the CEO to mean pay ratio. We will look at how the company is transparent about the tax policy. How she is fostering a diversity within her within the company. So. What we do is that at BNP-PAM, we we have a long track record on social thematics. And I would say we have a long track record in both in the field of the solution provider and also in the practices. And so, uh, for instance, we have at BNP-PAM, we have developed a thematic range of solution provider, both on equity side and the fixed income side. And on practices angle, we have also um, a strategy on equity side. And to support these strategies, we have developed several tools to screen and to research uh, social consideration and social metrics. So we have the umbrella, which is the responsible business conduct policies. We have the sector policies. And as I said, Previously, we have our own ESG scoring model with different metrics and with accurate uh, assessment on these different metrics. And we also use our proxy voting policy to influence companies on their governance strategy. And of course, uh, we have, I would say, a day-to-day engagement with the company throughout our ESG integration process.
0: Thanks very much, Delphine. If I could maybe summarize or highlight a couple of the points that you made. Uh, you started out by saying that, uh, you know, acknowledge that social is a, a quite broad topic and cover everything from human capital development, human rights, uh, preservation of indigenous communities. And the way you deal with that breadth is to really focus and define three categories, uh, impact on employees, uh, on consumers, and society, and then come up with specific issues uh, in each of those three areas. And then importantly, you talked about, you know, why is this important to investors? And I'd say the answer is twofold. One, Uh, Ideally, investors are looking uh, to put their funds to use in a way that benefits society, broadly speaking. And then also, secondarily, the belief that companies that score well on these criteria uh, are in the long run also going to do well financially. Uh, That if you're taking care of your employees, that ultimately that's going to be a company that uh, produces products uh, that consumers want and avoid problems, if you will, down the line. Well, Daphine, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Daniel.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you'd like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out our Investors Corner blog. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You receive your podcast episode every Monday afternoon. If you like the podcast, please leave us a positive review and a nice rating. Just before we go, I'd like to mention that Talking Heads is available on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash BNPPAM playlist and click on Talking Heads. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Delphine Ryu. Please do join us next week. Until then, take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BMP Paribas Asset Management.
1: Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.